Welcome to another inspirational message from City Life Center Church. If you were ever in the area, come visit one of our services. We would love to meet you. Enjoy the message. Open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, find that in your Bibles. Hold your place, because I'm going to come back to it. I promise you I won't forget, but it's real important that you have that marked. It all started 28 years ago. I was about 22, and was zealous to serve God. I, I began serving my first full-time ministry position. I was on a pastoral staff team at a large church here in the Metroplex and 22 and serving God and doing all that kind of stuff. And at that time, I began to uncover the very strange nature of people getting offended. I, I was walking through the lobby at the church, and this 45-year-old guy, which to me would be a young guy now, but he was uh, you know, 45 years old, double my age, he abruptly stormed up to me, and he said, what's your problem with me? I, I promise you, I was totally taken off guard, and I was like, well, what do you mean? And he got his angry, squinty eyes, and he confronted me, and he said, I am offended by the way you treated me last Tuesday. And he was leaning into me. He goes, I want to know what your problem is with me. I'm just trying to serve God. I I, I really, I I didn't know the guy's name. I hardly knew him. And and then all of a sudden I was like, they didn't train me for this in college. All these thoughts are going through my mind. And I, and I, you know, my, my college bills, which I paid for another 10 years, that did nothing to educate me on how to deal with offended people. I, I looked at him. I said, what are you talking about? And he, <laughs> he goes, don't act like you don't know. I saw you drive up to the four-way stop at Pleasant Run and Joe Wilson Road, and I was in my, at that intersection, stopped in my car, and you looked at me, and you, retur- you, you turned away, and you refused to acknowledge me. I, I didn't see you. And then he goes, yes, you did. <laughs> and then he said this, and it's like, you preachers are all the same. And people do that all the time. I don't know what the same means. And then, but then he, he said that, and, and, and I'm, I'm still looking around. At this point, I'm thinking, is anyone watching this? This has got to be the most bizarre thing ever. And then he says, I'm done with phony church altogether. And he stormed off. And I promise you, I promise you, I have never seen the guy since. If you're here today, let's come and talk. But I was never seen him. I was stunned. It was bizarre. It was just weird. I had no idea, though, that that incident at the beginning of my ministry would be something that I would consistently see as a pastor. And now I know it simply comes with the territory and, uh, because the truth is, is that family members simply get offended with one another. And, and it basically works like this in a church family. It's like I didn't do something the way someone expected me to do it or I did something in a way that someone didn't expect me to do it and that someone then gets offended and then they abandon what they once called their church family, like, over what? One day they say they're family, the next day they walk out, they divorce, and they curse what they once called family. And the, and the motivation was offense. I'm telling you guys, this is serious business. It happens in homes, it happens in families, it happens in businesses, it happens in small groups and friendship networks. Oh my goodness, it's happening all over social media right now. You don't dare post anything about your favorite political candidate because you're going to get unfriended and chewed out. You know, anywhere where people assemble in an attempt for some kind of unity, someone is going to get ouched. <laughs> Thus, ouch, that offended me. Now, I don't take offense personal like I used to. 
but I did used to. <laughs> you see, the truth is, is that God has set me free from a spirit of offense myself. Now, if I had legitimately sinned, then that's a completely, situation, completely different situation entirely. But the truth is, as a pastor, I've seen people pick up offense for some of the most bizarre reasons. And I want to share some with you, okay? Is that all right? Can I, can I? Will you let me? Will you let me share some with you? All right. Now, there's no way that any of you guys will know any of the people that I'm about, situation I'm about to tell you about because they occurred, all of these occurred when I was pastoring a large church about 600 miles from here. But these are some actual offenses that I recall that were verbalized to me. And they're freaky, but they're real. All kinds of stuff. Okay, here, here's one. One time I slid my Bible over a, a few seats on some chairs and someone got offended. A person came to me and got offended because uh, I sent a staff member who had a sex addiction problem to a counselor. Someone got offended when I released a staff member who was looking at porn on the church computers. Someone got offended when I got excited while I was preaching one day and I stomped my foot one time and, and they didn't like that and they let me know how offended they were at the stomping of a foot. And then someone was offended that I sat on a stool when I preached one time. I mean, my goodness, they would have hated it when I had to sit at a table for three months while my knee was healing here at City Life. There, someone got offended one time when I used an electronic Bible. Someone got offended when I, when I privately told a couple who, you know, I don't know how anyone ended up knowing this, but I privately told a couple that you guys need to quit beating each other up and coming to church with bruises. That's not good. And then someone gets offended that I had dared speak to them like that. <laughs> On multiple occasions, I mean, several times, I've had issues where a person was offended, a man was offended when I privately told him that he needed to honor his wife and quit threatening to divorce her. I've also many times have had, a, have a, had a man get offended when I privately told him that he needs to quit sleeping with the girls in my church. <laughs> People get offended because I have an angry look, not realizing that it's my annoying, sleepy, resting face. <laughs> I don't know what to do about it. If someone got offended one time when I bought a new car, another time, even more fun, they, someone got offended and they told me about how offended they were when they thought I bought a new car when I didn't, when I was actually borrowing my parents' car while mine was being repaired. Another time a person got offended when I was renting videos at Blockbuster. Remember when we used to do that? Yeah. Uh, not realizing that I was renting a bunch of VeggieTales videos for the children's ministry. In fact, they even reported it to the senior pastor that I was, that I was seen renting videos. And, and I had to prove that that day at that time a receipt that it was VeggieTales. I don't know what else I'd be renting at Blockbuster, but whatever. But someone got offended that I didn't have immediate availability to meet with him one time. And, and what's even funnier, this situation is funny, is, is this one went to a whole new level. A whole new level because this is a retired person. This retired person got offended because then I brought to her a full detailed spreadsheet of my 24-hour calendar for the next seven days and, and presented it to her Now, be, and because she kept telling people in the church that I could not make time for her. 
I know, actually, I got a little out of the box here. This was wrong of me. I'll just admit it was wrong, but it was fun. But it was wrong, and I wouldn't do it again, but it was fun. Here's what I did. I, I, was, I was in my office, and my whole staff knew that this person was stirring up all kinds of problems. And, and, and one of my staff members said, you know what? She's over there at the Cracker Barrel restaurant right now do with her small group. I said, oh, really? <laughs> really? So that's what I printed out my whole schedule. And I, I walked over there with another staff member. I said, come as a witness, because you got to see that I'm, I really will meet with the person. I said, oh! Look, you're here. Wonderful to see you. I said, I know you've been wanting to meet. Is, is now a good time? Oh, no, no, I, I'm with my friends. Okay, maybe uh, in an hour, in two? No, 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 no. I said, oh, well, I just happen to have a full seven-day, 24-hour calendar of mine. I'm going to give this to you. You just let me know what day or night, 2 a.m., it doesn't matter. I'll come over to your house and fix breakfast. You come over to my place and have dinner. I don't care. And, and we will, I will cancel anything except I can't meet with you when I'm preaching because that would be kind of weird. But, but uh, outside of that, I will meet with you anytime. You think we can work that out? <laughs> And her name was Betty. You remember Betty Gianetta? She's like had this, she had this mole that was like a big, hairy, giant mole. And so like every time you look at her, you kind of look at the mole. I'm sorry. That's, but, but, uh, but she quit church over that. And, and I know, I let it get under my skin. Uh, but she, was, uh, she had to be like the grumpiest grouch ever. I mean, I was kind of glad she left because she was very weird. I, I mean, everybody was afraid of her, including her husband, Larry. You know, little Larry, he was just like, okay, yes, 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 Betty. It was just scary. But, but the list could go on and on. And, but, 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 the, but the biggest and most common recurring offense that I have seen in church family is when someone gets offended because a friend of theirs got offended regarding some of the absurd things like I've just listed. Finally, God helped me, and I learned how to deal with and process offense better myself. And I'm going to be sharing some of those strategies during this series. But in my early days of pastoring, I'm telling you guys, it really bugged me. And, and I reciprocated offense. You see, I was offended that they were offended at me. And I was offended that they were offended. So now you have two people running around who are all hurt and wounded. And, and one of them happens to be the pastor, which, my friend, is a recipe for disaster. See, they were all victims of alleged misdeeds. And I was a victim of anger and gossip and retribution. Two victims, two offended people, and a massive problem on my hands. And I finally realized that when I allowed me to get offended, that they were offended at me, then I was hindering the work of the Holy Spirit in me, toward me, and threw me into the church. I'm telling you guys, that's wrong. See, my choice to get offended, and the word choice, guys, it's critical here. My choice to get offended was messing up my life, and I had to stop. So I accepted the fact that I couldn't prevent others from getting offended. I wouldn't intentionally do things to incite it, but I myself chose to begin living different. And here's the truth, God, God, God delivered me. And then at that time, I established a very high and lofty goal of being unoffendable, and I told the whole congregation. I tell you guys, me, I, I'm not even there 100% yet. <laughs> That's, it's where I want to be, I'm not there 100%, but I'm challenging this all today to be unoffendable. Because offense destroys our lives. Now, let me warn you up front that you are going to be tempted during this series to think of other people who need to be here to hear what I'm saying. 
In fact, you've already done it. You've already done it. You've thought, man, if Aunt Mabel were here or Uncle Bernard were here today, oh, that'd be great. No, well, hold on. Stop, stop, stop. Don't allow that. Instead, just let God speak to you. I'm sharing God's word with you, not them. Even if they're here, I'm sharing it with you. In fact, that person who really, really, really needs to hear this, they might be sitting next to you right now and do not tell them to listen up. Do not elbow them and do not say you will take notes for them. This is God's word customized for you and not for that other person. So will you say this with me today? It's on the screen. I want you to say it out loud with me. God has a word for me today. I did that in a wimpy way. Come on. No, I, I, I led you wrong. All right, let's try it again. Say it aloud with me. God has a word for me today. Now I want to say it again and emphasize the me. Come on. God has a word for me today. One of the biggest challenges that we face in life is getting along with other people because we have different backgrounds and different temperaments and, and, uh, and all these different personalities and various life experiences and but, but, but if we're going to live in peace and victory, we have to get offense out of our lives, out of our homes, and out of our relationships. In fact, Jesus said it well. He said a constantly squabbling family disintegrates. See, but offense can't just come whenever it wants it can't just come whenever it wants to disintegrate families and disintegrate friendships and disintegrate relationships. No, we actually have to open the door to it. Now, please understand, I'm, I'm not saying that we can't have disagreements. I mean, disagreements are normal. You, you disagree with yourself, and I disagree with myself. So someone will ask me one time, say, Pastor Tim, why haven't you written a book yet? It's because and once I get the book written and get it printed, by that point I'll say, well, I disagree with something that I wrote. I don't know. I just, I, we disagree with ourselves. But disagreements are normal, but, but when squabbling and offense become a part of you, that's a problem. You might say, well, Tim, you, you don't understand. I wouldn't get offended at home if my husband were more sensitive. I'm very sensitive, just to let you know. I wouldn't get offended at work if I had a better salary and people treated me more professional. I wouldn't get offended at church if I could just preach every once in a while and sing on the platform. I've had that one brought to me. I, I wouldn't get offended with anyone at all if people would just communicate everything with me. In fact, one time, <laughs> this was about 15 years ago, I was greeting people during the meet and greet time in our service, and it was about three minutes, a little longer than we do here as a big congregation. And, and this lady, I, I, was, I was out on this side, and, uh, and, and this, this lady that I said hi to, she goes, well, Pastor, Pastor, I'm offended at you. And I was like, okay, <laughs> happy Sunday to you too. And she goes, and then she says, I thought you were different, but you're just like all the other pastors. I'm going, hey, I don't understand that one. It still doesn't make sense to me, but... And so real, I, just, I just said, really? Well, I'm, I'm sorry about that. And, and again, that's usually my answer, and I just move on. But she insisted on getting into detail, and I was thinking, okay. She said, she goes, last Sunday, when you were finishing up your preaching after the third service, you prayed, and then you walked off the platform through the backstage door, and you disappeared, and you didn't make yourself available to us. And I thought back and I recalled the service and I replied, I was like, oh yeah. I leaned into her and I said, I have this very annoying bodily function that sometimes I have to go to the men's room when I drink too much water. 
And trust me, you wouldn't want me making myself available to you or anyone else because I had to go bad. And I kind of said it as a jest. I thought she would laugh it off. I said, will you forgive me for needing to use the restroom? But this is when it got crazier because she replied, well, I guess. <laughs> but then she said, but couldn't you just communicate that to the congregation at the end of the service so that we'll know? And I looked at her and I said, no, that's, that's weird. And you guessed it. She never came back to church again. But, but you know, just because someone is not communicating with you or doing something the way that you think they should does not mean you have a license to get offended. You see, the spirit of offense tries to bait you with all types of situations and different personalities and different settings. And you have to say, no, I'm not going to take that bait. And I tell you guys, it takes maturity to do this. It takes maturity to walk away especially when you know you're right. But for the sake of peace, you need to let it go and refuse to be offended because it will do more damage to you. I mean, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. He did not say, blessed are the people who are right. Jesus didn't say, blessed are the people who air their disagreements. Jesus didn't say, blessed are those who get offended and then go and build a coalition of the offended. In fact, being right can actually make you more miserable. You can prove your point, but you're actually damaging your relationships. Now, in my home, Rebecca and I agree on everything because I'm always right. It works so wonderful. Well, I'm right after she explains where I was wrong, and then I correct, and then I get right. Yeah, but, but, uh, but of course, you know, we don't always agree. But see, I've just grown to believe this, is that it's much better at home to have an atmosphere of fun and peace and affection and laughter and love than being right to prove a point. Guys, it's just not worth it. Offense, ouching one another, it is destructive. It is never constructive to get offended. David said this, he said, how wonderful, how beautiful when brothers and sisters get along. Look at this next part. He says, yes, that's where God commands the blessing. It's where God ordains eternal life. Okay, look back there. It says, that's where God commands. Say commands. Commands, commands the blessing and he ordains. Say so ordains. Now, those are significant words. And I want God to command blessing on my life. I want God to, to ordain blessing on my church. I want God to command blessing on my family. But raising constant disputes and then getting offended is just really a display of selfishness because really you're just drawing attention to yourself and being argumentative and critical and you're just being the poor victim. Offense has its roots in selfishness, which we all have a measure of. You're really making it more about you than anything else. So, guys, quit trying to change the other person. Begin working to change yourself. Rise above what the other person is doing and how they're acting and just treat them with some respect even though they don't deserve it. See, because the more honor you pour into a relationship, the more that relationship will be blessed. And that's why I'm challenging us today to examine ourselves for any lingering offense that's inside of us and then extract it. And, and see, if you don't, what happens is your imagination begins to expand and you begin to say, well, I was hurt once and I'm, I'm never going to get hurt again. And then these thought processes and these reasonings kick in to protect you from being hurt again. And then you isolate yourself and then you actually make yourself more miserable as you put yourself into a toxic prison of offense. 
there you all are. You're all alone in prison with your offended self. Thinking, well, I'm going to get healed here. No, you won't. Because isolation is a false healing for offense. You just get sicker in that prison. See, what happens when a believer is isolated from the fellowship of other believers? You don't get better, you get bitter. <laughs> there's so much hurt. There's, there's pain inside. And, and you lash out, and you run, and you isolate, and then the death begins to multiply in you. And, and you know that's never what you wanted in the first place. And that's never what God wanted either because that's not God's plan. God desires healing. God does not desire isolation and death. I mean, Solomon himself said this. He said, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. You see how he says it's selfish? He then rages against all wise judgment and a fool has no delight in understanding but just in expressing his own heart. That's a dangerous place to be. We, we actually kind of become kind of like the Dead Sea in Israel. You see, the Sea of Galilee up in northern Israel, it, it freely receives and it freely gives. The, the, the Sea of Galilee, it's my understanding, is, is absolutely teeming with life. It's one of the most life-filled uh, bodies of water on the face of the earth. But downstream, south of there, is the Dead Sea, and it only receives life from the Sea of Galilee. And it receives life, but because it is isolated and there is no outlet for the Dead Sea, all the life that flows in dies when it gets there. So it is with the offended person. They actually engage the power of death themselves. It, it can even be an issue of someone who reminds you of a person who hurt you years ago. Your walls go up and death ensues. In fact, this happened to me uh, uh, a few years ago. There was my, uh, it was Preston. He was a little elementary kid at, at this private school. And, and uh, we always had problems. Like, I was having to, we were having to go pick him up all the time for these infractions and weird things. And, and there's a person in our church who worked in the offices, and they gave us a call and said, hey, we just need to let you know what's going on here. Um, this is not fair, just, just that you hear. But the principal, the principal just doesn't like you guys uh, because... Because I reminded the principal of her ex-husband. And so they said, so they're lashing out on your kids. And, I, and that was a day where we had gotten a call and she had made that statement in the office and then actually went over to my son Preston in third grade and, and, and pulled him out of class and scoped him down and found a uniform infraction and then pulled him into the office and called us and said, we have to come pick him up. And it was like the wrong type of a belt or something like that. And it's like, oh, Really? So we dealt with it, worked through it, but, but it's just like, that poor lady, what a prison to live in. You know, John said it this way, anyone who claims to be in the light, which means if you claim to be a Christian, but hates his brother, that means you hate other Christians or any other Christian, you're still in darkness. Whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks around in darkness and doesn't even know where he's going because darkness has blinded him. That's why at City Life, I, we have zero tolerance for offense and leadership, and it starts with me. I have, there's zero tolerance for, for offense with me. See, because you can't lead others when you're blinded by your own darkness of offense. But there's hope for us. There's hope for me. God gives us grace. God wants to reboot your feelings. God wants to heal your heart. God wants to restore joy. God wants to restore trust and laughter and peace into your life so that when everything doesn't go your way, which is most of the time, 
you're still going to be able to smile, laugh it off, and keep moving forward. Hey, church, I want you to choose to pursue unity, and, and, and then God just might command blessing on your life, and you'll become a person of character. And Solomon said it well. He said, it's a mark of good character to avert quarrels, but fools love to pick fights. I mean, I even get, get people pick fights with me in the community a lot, and, and, and it's just mostly from out there, it really is. But I get emails from these random people in the community trying to pick a fight. And, and honestly, I just delete them, and I don't answer because I just choose to be a man of good character. Why waste my time? Uh, you know, you might say, but Pastor Tim, what if they have a real need? Well, trust me, they do have a real need. But, but I learned long ago that you can never help a person who is offended and they are bent on quarreling. Never. I've tried. This is where I've had a 100% failure rate, trying to help people to love when they are holding on to offense and they want to argue. So I keep a cryptic reminder of this on my desk. And the cryptic reminder is right there. There it is. It says, Tim. Always remember wisdom saying number 10. You know it's always been true. Now, you wouldn't know what that means. You don't know what wisdom saying number 10 is unless you have a deep, deep understanding of the scriptures. So wisdom, wisdom saying number 10 is actually Proverbs 23, verse 9, where it says the 30 sayings of the wise, and it says saying number 10. Here it is. Do not speak to fools, for they will scorn your prudent words. Or don't email fools, or don't react to them. See, our model should be Jesus. He never reached out and tried to minister to the offended folks. He actually walked away and let them be and gave them space so that they could begin to heal themselves and quiet themselves. Now remember this is that fools love to pick fights. Good character averts quarrels. And, and you can fight and be offended and prove your point and even win the squabble, but what do you really win? Truthfully, you lose relationships, you lose influence, you lose, you lose credibility, and God wants to heal you and all of us of that. Because life is too short to live as an offended victim. I want you to overcome victimization. Victimization just looks for the smallest things and then reacts. In America, in fact, there are people starting to set up these places called safe spaces. And these are happening on some large universities and even in some large corporations as well. And a safe place is this. It is, it's really a reaction. It's a reaction to the culture that says that I don't want everyone to get offended in any situation. And if I feel like I'm going to get offended, I'm going to go to a room and hide. And that's what it is. I'm telling you guys, that's a sad development because a true safe space really doesn't exist. Like Jesus said himself, offenses will happen. That's why we need God's help. We need God's love. We need God's deliverance because there is hope for he is our safe space. So overcome victimization. Embrace dignity. Dignity means that you overlook the offense and you choose to believe the best about that other person. Now get your Bibles open to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4. I want you to look at that scripture while I share with you this interesting definition of offense. Here's my definition of offense while you're looking at 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Offense is impatient. Offense isn't kind. Offense envies, it boasts, and it's proud. Offense dishonors others. It's self-seeking. Offense is easily angered. O offense keeps a record of wrongs. <laughs> Offense delights in evil, and it will not rejoice with the truth. Offense does not protect others, and it doesn't trust others. Offense 
does not hold out hope. Offense does not persevere with others in relationships. You see, you were looking at your scriptures there. This is actually what I just said is a complete inversion of 1 Corinthians 13, which we call the love chapter. Because offense really means this. It's very simple, that we just simply need a little more of God's love in our lives. And when I realized that about me, it was my miracle cure. For Paul said, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. And it always protects the other person, always trusts the other person. It always hopes for the other person. It always perseveres with the other person. That's the power of love. Yes, I'm from the 80s. See, guys, the simple foundational cure for offense is wrapped up in one word. The miracle cure is this, love. You get that in you. And it comes from God. You just can't fake it. You'll be able to look at the person who offended you square in the eye and say, I love you. <laughs> you want to activate that? Here's how to do it. Very, very simple. You just receive God's perfect love and keep receiving it. Because sometimes it leaks out. <laughs> in fact, it's supposed to. We've got to give you more. But then you let God's love flow out of you toward others. Don't be like the Dead Sea. Next is to correct your actions. Go back to 1 Corinthians 13 over and over and say, am I doing these things in reverse? And then correct it. Release forgiveness. Just simply forgive the person. You don't have to be best buddies again if it's a bad relationship, but just release forgiveness. And then here is a good one. Smile and let the poison go. Woo! <laughs> and then you just run right back to the grace that Jesus has for you because you know you're not perfect anyway. There's a whole lot of grace in Christ. And then just let Jesus carry you, understanding and remember, remembering that you are deeply flawed and you need his grace for yourself and you need his love for yourself. And the truth is that Jesus' love is relentless toward you and Jesus will not give up on you, no matter what, because he personifies 1 Corinthians 13. And Jesus is here to forgive you for holding on to the poison of offense. Jesus is here to deliver you from that spirit of offense. Jesus is here to carry you through every situation that is attempting to poison your mind and your emotions and your life. Will you guys just move to a moment of prayer with me, please? Just close your eyes for a moment and focus internally. First of all, if you want to know this Jesus that I'm talking about and you want a clean slate and you're ready to live your life with a renewed sense of purpose, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond and I want to pray with you. And if you want to be included in this closing prayer and you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I'm going to ask you to do something very simple and that is to lift your hand so that I can connect my faith with yours. Understanding this, God loves you so much and he died for you so that you can have life and everything can change today. Will you lift your hands for me? I need Jesus today. I want to give my life to Christ. Lift your hand for me. Thank you. Who else? Ask me, Pastor. I, I want to simply...
give my life to Jesus today. All right, here's what I'm going to ask that we do. Ask everyone in the room to stand. And if you raise your hand, I want you, along with the entire congregation of believers, to pray these words with me. Come on, pray this with me now. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. Please forgive my sins. Today I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. I choose to let you love me. And Lord, deliver me from a spirit of offense. I choose to leave here as a healed person. I release the poison now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. For more information on how you can get involved with City Life locally, text CONNECT to 41411. Again, that's CONNECT to 41411. Or visit us online at citylifecenter.org. We would love to meet you.